the failure to act with sufficient ambition to avert the climate catastrophe will be the greatest moral failure of our time. Making changes takes courage, and if we don't change things, we won't have a future. We need a president who respects science, who understands that the damage from climate change is already here. You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. Change is coming, whether you like it or not. Zero Carbon Easter. Hello and welcome to Zero Carbon Easter, Series 2, The Manifesto. I'm Ian Collins, and for the newbies out there, this is the only podcast of its kind that will give you the real lowdown on all the major environmental stories alongside some honest and qualified opinion. Many have tried, few have succeeded. Dale Vince is our man at the helm, the entrepreneur and environmentalist, and uh, I suppose I could say newspaper columnist as well now, Dale. Morning. Uh, uh, yeah, morning, Ian. How's things? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, what are you, the Richard Littlejohn of the, the green world now? What's going on? I'm not sure if that's a compliment or not, so I'm just yeah, going to avoid that. Uh, what's going <laughs> on is we, we just uh, launched today a, a major campaign with the Daily Express, uh, which is raising a few eyebrows, and their little Crusader logo at the top of the front page has turned green. Uh, they're carrying our Green Union Jack on the front page with a massive headline saying, Join Our Green Britain Revolution in caps as headlines are. And uh, and inside, there's a whole bunch of content. They've reached out to a, a bunch of NGOs as well to get them on board for the campaign. And all the way up to COP, there's going to be a series of articles and uh, pieces of information. We're going to dive into energy, transport, and food and take the readers on a journey and show them what the problems are and what the answers are and the things that they can do in their own lives to change it. And uh, this is aiming to to lobby the government as well. The Express have, have an in. They have influence with the government. And it's very much uh, part of the... Uh, aim of the campaign. And it's interesting. We've talked before on in, in varying ways over different episodes uh, about how, you know, sometimes campaigning comes from often the most unlikely sources. And I think it would be reasonable. I don't think the Daily Express would shun away from this that, you know, once upon a time, this wouldn't have been in their DNA. Um, they would naturally and reasonably would have had other issues that they would talk about perhaps more prominently. But the fact that a big newspaper, uh, one with a, a, a rich history uh, this long, has chosen not just to uh, launch this campaign with you, but also the fact that they're putting this front and centre. I mean, this is serious. This shows you, I suppose, Dale, the, the, the changing face of the green agenda in a big way. Yeah, it could be so. I mean, we've been talking to the editorial team there for a few weeks now, and, you know, they've really, really got on board uh, with this. They've done a lot of their own research, and, and I can see them getting increasingly excited by, you know, what potentially uh, we, we could do here together. And, and that's been really exciting from our point of view as well. And, you know, a lot of people this morning on social media are saying, what are you doing working with the Daily Express? I mean, there are a lot more people saying it's a great move. Um, and, and I get that, you know, this happens every time, you know, perhaps we appear in the sun or something like that and have the same answer. You know, this is an audience of people that we need to reach. There's, there's no point being in our own trench or our own green bubble, you know, and, and not engaging with other people. We've got to engage with a readership like the Express on these issues if we want to get to where we want to be. And yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it is a sign of the changing times that a newspaper like The Express is throwing its weight completely behind a, a Green Britain campaign. It's very exciting. Um, and, I, and I hope we can bring some real change with it. Tomorrow, uh, we've got a kind of mini part of the campaign aimed directly at the government. 
called Zero for Zero. And I've written a letter to Rishi Sunak, which the newspaper are going to publish tomorrow to say, look, uh, actually, there's something brilliant you can do off the back of Brexit, which for, for a long time has been blamed for our inability to set our own VAT rates. Off the back of Brexit, you can now set VAT, take it off of solar panels because it's 20% for solar panels at home and it's 5% for coal. So we're flagging up a few examples like this to the government and saying, let's as per manifesto, let's use the tax system to stop taxing good behaviour so that we can get more of this green economy going. It's interesting, isn't it, that even when you put it like that, I think, the and we've been on this territory many times, haven't we, about the, the solar panel coal conundrum, as it, as it should now be called. I mean, even, you know, even if you had Nigel Farage sitting here now, he would, he would scratch his head on that one and think, that seems a bit weird. I mean, there's just something that's completely... It's not just bonkers, it's just anti-intellectual. It doesn't make any sense at any level. Now you've got solar panels, which, as I say in the letter to the Chancellor, are a form of energy that is zero carbon. It couldn't get better than that. They pay 20% VAT. You've got coal, the dirtiest form of energy that we know of, pays only 5%. You know, It doesn't get more wrong, more, more bonkers, as you say, than that. And these are anomalies that I think have been inherited. Definitely, they've been inherited by the current chancellor. And, and this is what I'm saying to him. But you've got the chance. You don't have to live with these. And especially now that we're not in the EU, which has been blamed before for our inability to flex our VAT and, and get it to do good stuff for us. You've got the chance to do that now. So let's have a Brexit boost for the green economy. It's interesting because, as, as we were alluding to a second ago, there's, there's no point in sitting in, in your own echo chamber on these things. I mean, you need to engage with... You know, areas that perhaps you wouldn't, and maybe the Daily Express readers might not have even thought about some of this stuff. And one of the areas that we've talked about quite a lot, Dale, is the uh, the fact that if for no other reason you want to look at the green agenda as a business opportunity or you want to apply it to a capitalist template, then that's cool. You can do that too, because this is this is an industry that's not just worth an awful lot of money now. It's increasingly going to be the case. And I noticed this campaign talks about giving a £21 billion boost to the economy. So the Express have really jumped on that side of it too, that actually this is in the interest of business and in the interest of our economy. Yeah, and, and it's such an important message. And, um, you know, I think we're fortunate in the events of the world have, have come to this point where green stuff isn't just about altruism and doing something you know because it feels like the right thing to do it's also good business sense in fact it's bad business sense not to do it that's where we've got to now it's going to cost us an arm and a leg to carry on doing things the old way burning fossil fuels and eating animals as well and that's at the heart of our campaign you know the green economy is the next industrial revolution is just another uh, another way to describe it you know yeah that's that's spot on isn't it and i noticed the daily express did a poll as well and two-thirds of adults were worried about the state of the planet and climate change the decline of you know, wildlife nature and the like so I mean, this is across the board. Yeah, it is. And that kind of backs up the UN poll I think we spoke about on the last episode, actually. I mean, those was a global poll and it encompassed uh, well over a million people. And, and it just showed that everywhere, all over the planet, people want something done about the climate. So, I mean, I think that's fantastic. But yeah, just to kind of nail the point, I think the fact that it's also a business opportunity makes this uh, so doable for us, you know, because business is a great engine for change as well. Um, certainly our government are, are very interested in what business wants, except when it comes to Brexit, of course, and then they disregarded them. But we'll we'll just skip past that. You know, that they are 
uh, you know, committed to what business wants because business drives the economy. And and if business can see the opportunity in green stuff, and not just that, but the the opposite of opportunity in the old way of doing things, you know, it's in decline. It's going to cost some money. Then I think we're just going to really get motoring. Yeah, and I notice when you look when you crunch down on the numbers, just a kind of very modest zero point eight percent boost to GDP. Uh, from kind of green initiatives is worth the, the the 21 billion that I mentioned. So, I mean, this is not anything but insignificant financially. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think it was somewhere between five and 10 years ago that the, the Conservative government stopped measuring the growth of the green economy. It was under David Cameron, and it was a cynical move because uh, in that particular year, the government's figures showed that the green economy had contributed most of the GDP growth of our country. It was, you yeah. know, it was running away with things. And it was in the same year that they shut down the solar industry, shut down the wind industry and did all of those big anti-green things. Hopefully, yeah. we can get something different out of this conservative government. It's interesting because just to go back to that nonsense of the VAT thing. So a new build house. You're building something from scratch, uh, zero rated in in quite a lot of initiatives you might be putting into place environmentally. But if you're insulating or refurbishing solar panels, being the obvious example, you're, you're whacked with this VAT. And even the Federation of Master Builders has forecast that if you cut that VAT down to 5%, you'd be looking at a 15 billion quid boost from their perspective. Yeah, it's amazing. And of course, energy efficiency is the cheapest way to fight the climate crisis. You know, the cheapest energy we can make is the energy that we don't use, often referred to as megawatts, which is yeah. a bit of an uh, bit of an insider term, I think, but, a, you know, a negative watt, something that you don't burn. You know, home energy efficiency is so important. It helps people keep the bills down as well, you know, and, and help, helps us, you know, reduce energy poverty. I mean, there's just everything right and nothing wrong with this agenda as i say in the newspaper they quote me saying you know we've got everything to gain and nothing to lose have the green party got a bit upset by this well apparently i haven't seen it myself but will tells me he's he's been on twitter this morning uh he tells me there's been a little bit of uh kickback from the green party i've seen something on facebook actually from a local green party that's supportive so uh there's probably a mixed bag but I, i think it's just that kind of almost knee-jerk or reflexive reaction to uh, who we're working with, the Daily Express. And, you know, and sometimes I think there's a there's a tendency to want to own green policy. You know, there, I've seen some people on uh, social media saying, oh, you've just given Labour's green industrial revolution to the Tories. I mean, that's not true. We can't be possessive about these ideas uh, and these policies because we need them to happen. Uh, and today, for example, we heard that the climate conference that's coming up in Glasgow later this year that we are the chairs of Britain, its themes are going to be energy, transport and food. And I, I'm kind of like, Oh my God. And I'm slightly torn because I'm, I'm like, that's our agenda. You know, we've been setting that agenda for at least 10 years and, and a conservative government are picking it up and they're going to run the international climate conference using those themes. But actually, I'm really happy about that. I read some headlines, uh, Dale, that Britain could be the laughing stock of its own conference, mainly due to opening a big coal mine, which I know we've touched on before. But I mean, are there, are there any mitigating circumstances around the coal mine? I, I, the argument is that it's uh, coking coal and therefore for the, the steel industry. And that's the reason for it. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the argument for it. I haven't looked deeply into it. And, and I get that in principle, there may be an issue there. I guess you could also argue that coking coal is already being mined in other parts of the world. Do we need to open a new one? I don't know the answer. I would say, 
There is a window of opportunity for our government to put its house in order. You know, we've got a few months before the conference. You've got decisions like the coal mine, the extension of Drax, which is a massive, you know, polluting power station. You've got the third runway at Heathrow, you know, that kind of stuff. But but more importantly, on the positive agenda, there is a chance to, you know, get behind zero for zero, change the tax regime so that it supports green economic moves, that it, it doesn't penalise people for doing the right things, the low carbon things, and, um, you know, create change that way. I mean, the government have the big levers, tax, subsidies and regulations. They can really make this thing motor if they want to. I hope that they do and that they take that chance to go into COP26 having having made a bunch of changes and saying to the rest of the world, look, this is what we've done. And I think we should urge people to have a look at that uh, that piece in the Express as well. It's online now. You can have a look at it there. The big headline screams out, join our green Britain revolution. Let's give the UK economy a £21 billion boost. And this campaign isn't just like a thing for today. This runs and runs, right? Yep, it's going to run for months, at least up until COP26. And as I said earlier, we're going to dive into the issues of energy, transport and food. We're going to show express readers how they can change their lives because we all have far more agency in this than we think we have, you know, because 80% of all of the problems are driven by the things we all choose to spend money on every day, how we power our homes, how we travel and what we eat. And that's our simple message to everybody. Start changing how you live and, and you can help turn the world in a different direction. This in from Jane on Facebook. Let's just do some questions uh, to complete this point. Dale, I've signed and shared your zero for zero petition. Uh, it's ludicrous the government is still slapping VAT on these things that will save the planet. Where would people find the petition? Uh, the petition is on change.org, actually. And uh, you can also find a little piece about it on my Facebook page and, and a link there. Okay. Claire says, uh, bravo. What a wonderful sign of hope. I don't know if she's saying that in reference to this campaign or because she's had one of your burgers recently, as I did as well. <laughs> How did you find it, Ian? Oh, these are astonishing. These are absolutely astonishing. It's This has changed the face of, of, of eating non-meat products. I genuinely believe that. I mean, I mentioned it uh, you know, b- before I, I tucked into these, I kind of instinctively knew and listening to people and talking to people that they were going to be pretty tasty, the burgers, the meatballs or meatless balls, as it were. I mean, this is, you know, is it too strong to say a revolution? I mean, we're talking about a green revolution. There's a food revolution going on here. Well, go for it. I'm really pleased to hear it. I mean, for me, it's, it's by far and away the best burger I've ever tried. But of course, if I say that, it might sound like I'm a little bit biased. I get that. But I mean, it is a brilliant piece of work from our guys. And and I, and I do think it makes vegan food, you know, far more attractive and accessible. You know, it's not trying to be meat on the one hand, which I think is a mistake. And, and some of those products c- can be quite gross. And it's not, you know, the classic stereotypical dry bunch of vegetables mulched together from, you know, 20 odd years ago. Yeah, indeed. This one from Robert Llewellyn, who's the boss of Fully Charged, also Crichton from Red Dwarf as well. See, everybody's listening to this. Uh, Brilliant, Dale. This is such a wonderfully important step. Hats off to you, sir. I think he's talking about the Green Industrial Revolution headlines in the Express and and all the associated elements that go with it. And Joseph on Twitter, uh, here's a good one to to complete this uh, this week, Dale. I'm planning to fly a battery-operated plane around the world in 2024. Will you help me? That sounds amazing. I, I, I wasn't sure from reading that whether it was going to be a remote control one or it was going to have somebody in it. But uh, yeah, you know, I think you want some, you in it. <laughs> somebody's already flown around the world in a solar-powered plane, of course. Yeah, uh, that's been done, hasn't it? Pretty impressive feat. But, uh, I mean, send me details. I'll take a look for sure. Is that an area you would go into? You know, I'm watching, you know, I know you've, you've had a bit of a checkered pass with Elon Musk. I mean, at the moment, he can't work out what he's up to. One minute, he's trying to make cars that go into space, and then he's wiring up monkeys to play video games. I mean, he's, he's, he's all over the show, as, as far as I can see. So, 
I think there needs to be a British hand in this next phase of our future. Yeah, I think electric planes are definitely coming. Boeing and Airbus say they'll have them in the skies in 10 years' time, you know, and they'll be able to do two or 300 miles carrying two or 300 people in them. So, you know, we'll be able to get around Europe in electric planes in 10 years' time. So, I mean, it's not something that uh, that I need to get involved in. You know, big industry has picked it up and is running with it, which I think is fantastic. I mean, Elon Musk is conflicted, isn't he? On the one hand, he's, he's all about electric cars, which are about saving the planet. And then on the other hand, he's, he's burning how many tons of rocket fuel, uh, you know, periodically to send send rockets up into space. I mean, th- there's a conflict there. The idea that we can live on Mars is, is, is nonsense. You know, I mean, space is going to be for billionaires. If private people go into space, they have to be super incredible, wealthy. You know, it's not for the 8 billion of us that live on this planet. What we have to focus on is fixing this planet, not abandoning it and finding somewhere else to live. That's never going to work for all of us or for or hardly any of us. Ben Elton wrote a book on this years ago, didn't he? Called, was it called Stark? Oh. which I think was about rich people <laughs> essentially trying to you know, start a life on, on another planet. I remember it. Total planet. toxic overload was the term yeah. they used in there. And this was the, the big industry on the planet was deliberately poisoning the planet. Uh, I'm not quite sure why. I think they want to kill everybody. They were going to fly away in, uh, in, a, in a rocket and then come back later when everyone was dead and reclaim the planet. There was, I saw the film. It's a brilliant film. I can't find it anymore. Uh, so if anybody listening to this out there knows where I can find it, uh, let me know, please. Uh, just a final point, so, which, which is worth mentioning, because the, the Daily Express campaign continues, and we're obviously going to be revisiting lots of elements of that on subsequent episodes. So we should remind anybody who's new to this podcast uh, that, firstly, where the heck have you been? Because we are 40-odd episodes in now. This normally comes out every Friday. It was a slightly different week this week, so we've got one today and then one next Friday. But the important thing is to subscribe for free from your podcast provider so you get each episode automatically. Dale, we'll speak uh, in a few days on Friday. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks, Ian. Indeed. If you want to get in touch, you can email your comments at zerocarbonista at ecotricity.co.uk. And make sure you follow Dale on social media, twitter.com slash or facebook.com slash dailines zero carbon east off